Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I am a nurse, blogger, and podcaster. And I am Sam. I am a nurse, powerlifter, podcaster, and co-host of The Selfie Show. Today, bonus episode, honestly, as much as we love to make these like fun and games, there's some just like shit that happens in healthcare that is not cool. Right. Needs to be talked, needs to be addressed. Yeah. This is definitely something we wanted to cover. And so we, we wanted to kind of bring you like a little recap of the Redonda Vought trial that's going on right now. We know this is obviously circulating through social media as well as mass media right now. So we wanted to weigh in and just talk to you guys today about it and uh, give our, give our thoughts a little recap, if you will. So um, before we jump in, I actually want to say this beforehand. I just learned this. So the the trial is actually being live streamed. So if you guys are interested, um, we're going to find a link for that and link it in the bio. And I also wanted to give this a huge shout out. So Nurse Erica and Nurse Liz have both done a really good job of reporting on the case. Nurse Erica is there in person. She actually received enough support from her from her followers um, who sent her Venmos to help her with the flight and the hotels, which I think is great. So she's doing a really great job, I would say, on TikTok and, and Instagram are the best places. And then Nurse Liz, um, we actually just watched part of this, did a great YouTube. It's long, but it does, she did such a great job of sort of recapping everything. And it goes far more into detail than even what we're going to cover today. But we're going to link these in the bio for you or in the in the show notes for you guys. So um, okay, so if you guys aren't aware, we're just give you a quick recap about it. So Redonda Vought 37 is facing a charge of reckless homicide for administering the drug Vecaronium instead of the sedative Versed on December 26th, 2017. So the, the plan for the patient at the time was the patient was supposed to go for a PET scan and she was having a little anxiety, so she was going to administer the Versed to help ease the anxiety. Vought could not find Versed in the automatic drug dispensing cabinet, so it was listed under the generic name, of course, Midazolam. Instead, she overrid the mechanism and typed in VE, grabbing Vecaronium, according to the court records. And if you don't know, Vecuronium is a paralytic... Right. agent so it's basically going to paralyze all your muscles including your respiratory muscles right um yeah so, so usually we don't give any sort of paralytics like that unless patients are intubated like on a ventilator right. so obviously the result was patient death catastrophic and right. patient death right however yeah so we why, kinda... is, why is this a criminal trial right and that's and... what we're going to get into today but yep. um medical errors Happen. happen all the time all the time everywhere i think they're honestly underreported absolutely for sure yeah absolutely so we're gonna give you a couple key points about the case first and then we're going to kind of go into some other things really quick so just as a quick recap i thought these were some really interesting points to kind of point out and these are um taken from nurse liz's youtube so the first point which i think is really interesting about this case is on January 10th in 2018, Vanderbilt actually paid the family an undisclosed amount. 
So they already have paid off the family, essentially. So settlements are pretty typical in mal- medical mal- malpractice mm-hmm. situations. It's usually a settlement. It rarely goes to trial as a lawsuit. I'm not even talking about criminal. I'm just talking about as in lawsuit or goes to litigation, goes to trial. So usually when people file some sort of suit, it gets settled out of court. Right. And it's usually a undisclosed settlement amount and it's usually not talked about again. That's happens more than you actually probably even realize or think in healthcare. Absolutely. And in terms of the timeline, so what I thought was interesting was this incident happened in 2017 and obviously her trial and everything going on here we are in 2022. Mm-hmm. So in October, on October 3rd, 2018, CMS was tipped off and they notified Vanderbilt that they found out about this case after they had already paid the family, right? So typically in reporting systems, this is like a way, in in typical reporting, right, you would report to the systems that you're supposed to. And the idea behind that is that, you know, corrective steps are made after the accident, right? To prevent things like this from happening again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Vanderbilt did not do that. They did not report the way that they should have. And of course, the Department of Health was notified. And of course, it was picked up in the news. So then fast forward to February 4th, 2019, Redonda was charged with this criminal defense. And this is by the state. I want to be very, very, very specific about this. This is not Vanderbilt who came after her. It was not the family who came after her. It's the state. And I think that's a really big point of this particular case, which I think is really interesting. So she's being charged with reckless homicide, which is essentially where the perpetrator was aware of a death or the bodily harm that they could do to the to the victim with result in death. So that's the first thing she's being charged with. The second thing she's being charged with is impaired adult abuse, which is essentially, this one's kind of confusing because it's essentially, was she abusive in giving the medication to to someone who was having anxiety, right? Like, did she, was she aware of this? She's also being charged with 10 errors in a civil lawsuit. So all of these things are happening, right? And it's really interesting because as a key point, and I, I think this is something to bring up, typically when malpractice things happen, it's a civil lawsuit, mm-hmm. right? It's not criminal, meaning you're going to have things come onto your license, whether your license gets revoked, you're going to pay fines, you're going to pay the fees and whatnot. So that's typically what will happen in these lawsuits. She is being charged criminally. Which is absurd to me because, again, I'm not even saying that, like, when medical errors happen, civil lawsuits are justified. Absolutely. Because there are damages and things like that. But to say something's criminal... So like, where's the intent behind that? And then it's like, that's, you know, sometimes accidents happen and there's still criminal charges in play. I will, um, this is kind of like a sidebar, but one of the weird times where we saw criminal charges kind of come up in an occupation is with the Gabriel Fernandez trial. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember watching that documentary on that was the most well and I I followed that case so closely because as a pediatric nurse that just like yeah 
Yeah. And then when the Netflix documentary came out, it absolutely gutted me. I don't think I've cried so hard watching something in my entire life. And that was an interesting case because they did press criminal charges mm-hmm. in the state of California against the social workers. And that had never, ever, ever, ever been done. And then it had been dropped multiple times and then come back and eventually dropped. And those actually never went to trial. Me personally, I actually believe that criminal charges were justified in that case because to me there was intent and there was a, there was awareness and the word awareness is in here because when we're saying that, um, she was charged with, um, did that go with reckless homicide? That's when the perpetrator was aware of a death or bodily harm to the victim, which will result in death. So in my thing with the Gabriel Fernandez trial, they falsified documents and did not properly do their job, but in a way that was, they were aware that they weren't doing it and they misled. Granted, the, the social work system sucks right. in our country. They're overworked. They have way too many caseloads. I do not envy the job of a social worker. I feel for them. I genuinely feel for them. But that case was horribly mismanaged time and time and time again. It wasn't even a one-time accident. Right. It was reported over and over and over and over and over and over again by multiple people and was still gone missing and resulted in a death of this child. I actually kind of was like criminal charges there, although this is extremely out of the norm. I kind of was okay with that. Mm-hmm. This situation to sit there and say that a nurse mm-hmm. can be charged criminally for an accident Mm -hmm. an error which she fully cooperated with admitted was fully cooperative throughout the entire investigation and was truly an error an error in where a system failed her systematically and to sit there and say that she's criminally liable there was no awareness Mm -hmm. of death or bodily harm it was an accident and there was no um, the impaired adult abuse, that's absurd. That's yeah. like when you have an elderly person in your care yeah. and like, you know, someone's taking advantage of their elderly family member or incapacitated adult and stuff like that. That's yeah. what those type of laws are there to protect. Absolutely. Neither of those even, and again, I'm not a lawyer. Obviously, I'm not mm-hmm. a lawyer. And I know lawyers have weighed in on this, which I think is definitely interesting. You can kind of see some of the nurse lawyers on Instagram weighing in on this, but I don't understand even as someone, if I was called to be a jury member where I'd be like, where does this meet the legal definition of either of those charges? I'm not seeing that. Right. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing. We're not sugarcoating this, right? She caused a death and that point blank. She's admitted in court that she messed up. She's explained everything. She has not held back. Her license has been revoked. She was fired from Vanderbilt. Um, and another couple interesting things about this case, which I just learned, is in terms of the pretrial notions, Vanderbilt has made some really interesting uh, requests. So the first mm-hmm. one is that they request that the jury not know that they've already paid off the family. They don't want the jury to know this. That's absurd. Number one. <laughs> and number two, they also don't want the jury to know of any past similar cases to be brought to the case and translation they don't they would like to cover up the pattern of behavior did the judge grant those requests do we know the i don't know of yet that? we may know by That's... the time i don't know um the other thing that i thought was really interesting about this case and i think this is huge is that the da has a conflict of interest he teaches at vanderbilt university 
That is a direct conflict of interest, which is blowing my mind. Yeah. I can't even believe that this is something that is, it seems like it's being passed over. I don't know if it's going to be something that's brought up. I hope it is. But at this point, I'm not surprised if it would be. Um, and as a point as well, you know, Sam and I've talked about this, med errors happen. And if, and if you are someone that says otherwise, either you're lying, you're not paying attention to your practice, or I would argue you haven't been a nurse long enough. That's just point, point blank. Chances are you probably made a med error in your first year of nursing. Absolutely. Whether you were honest about it or not, that's between you and the good Lord Jesus himself. But yeah. You, you're, I, I don't believe you. I mean, you I've never seen had it error. where, you know, TPN and lipids have been flipped and running for a full shift. I just learned, I've gotten a couple DMs from people saying, you know, an L&D nurse that she knew of increased magnesium instead of Pitocin. You know, the times where someone gives the milligrams instead of the mills, you know, like there's just so many ways that people make mistakes. It's, and it happens I've seen with human error. I've seen medications be bolus when they're not supposed to be bolus. Absolutely. I've seen things running at the wrong rates. Issues the wrong with doses, IV pumps. Everything. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, and- That's it's, not even to get started on, besides, <laughs> healthcare is a big world beyond just nursing and medication errors. Like there's reasons that we have the checkouts. That... Did you hear that or no? There's a reason that we have that for even like the timeout before surgery. Right. Because, and that surgeons have to have the patient take a Sharpie and like mark their surgical site because they've literally amputated wrong limbs before. Right. We have had some egregious medical errors, not just falling on nursing staff, but physicians and other providers as well so right. yeah it's just it, yeah to Same. sit there and open up this can of worms of saying that now you're can be criminally liable for true accidents and mistakes that's where we want that's where we want to open up this country's already very problematic healthcare system too. Yeah. And sort of along those lines too, right? Sentinel events. And this yeah. is something that I talked about on um, Instagram stories this last week. So I, this is something that I've been thinking about and I have a really hard time processing. So Sentinel events are essentially when a death or permanent harm or severe harm happens to patients. And in terms of reporting, so reporting of Sentinel events by accredited organizations is actually voluntary. It's not mandatory. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And me. right. And it's estimated that less than 2% of all Sentinel events that occur in healthcare are reported to the Joint Commission. So um, in terms of numbers, we did a little bit of, I did a little research here. So Sentinel event outcomes from 2015 to 2019, there have been a total of 6,258 6, cases where a patient death occurred. And I want to like, I wish I even knew how many were actually in that specific same state as this trial going on, because it's like, why her, why this specific case? And I also want to know what happened to those providers, right? So all of these providers where the, a patient death occurred, 
What happened to those cases? Why is Redonda being put up on the stake, on the cross, as is, what is going on? Why is she the sacrificial lamb in this situation? Because clearly all these things are happening and we know that these are underreported cases. You know that there are so many organizations out there that are not reporting that the, the way they should be. Clearly, Vanderbilt didn't even report it. Yeah. Until they had to. At worst, these providers are losing their license and having a lawsuit, paying a settlement, paying a fine. Right. That's so out of this many like actual like sentinel events, whether it's death or major bodily harm or very extreme outcomes, criminal charges is literally unheard of right right especially it'd be one thing like honestly yes we have seen like we've all watched like the nursing like angel of death like there's been like some literal actual serial killers (laughs) in healthcare that are like actually mercy killing their patients and doing some crazy shit that is like a whole different world because it's like you are literally trying to kill these patients versus versus one nurse who made one med error which is insane to me Um, so we wanted to kind of recap a couple takeaways. Like, what does this mean for us moving forward, you know, and kind of get some like sum up thoughts here. So my, my first question being like, should she lose her license? That's the first question, right? Like, is that justified? What do you think? Here's the thing that sucks though. It's like, are we deciding who loses their license based on the outcome of the patient? Say you gave the wrong med and it didn't result in a death. It's like there's going to be corrective action. There's going to be steps to prevent it. There's probably going to be safety improvements in general with the hospital system to make sure that this doesn't happen again. But it's like you could give the wrong med and not result in death and probably not have that. So it's like, should you lose your license? That's a tough one. I got thought. So I actually saw this on Erica's and I'm actually going to repost it right now. And just so you guys know, I'm saving everything in the highlights in terms of things that I find on the case and reporting and whatnot. So it's saved in the in the highlight videos for you. So there was a case similar to this where someone sent it to Erica where a PICU nurse had similar issues where there was issues with the Pixis and she overrode and pulled out the I think it was a double dose of phenobarb and administered it to an infant um, while she was, I think it was a code situation where the the baby was seizing and all these things. So if they gave the phenobarb, it did result in the death. And what I thought was really interesting was the result of that was obviously they did do some form of repercussion, but that nurse actually, rather than revoking her license, Mm And firing her, she actually became the nurse educator for medication administration. And she actually teaches for the hospital now. Moreover, the hospital was extremely supportive with her. They had her husband come pick her up. They gave her time off. They, you know, there was a, and of course, the fines were paid, things were done. But it's the same exact kind of situation where a patient lost their life. But because of their culture and how they handled Mm -hmm. it, they said, you know, we want to use this as something that we learn from. And I would think that a nurse in that situation is more passionate about medication administration and and learning the process. Not only that, they updated all their Pixis um, streamlines. They did a lot of work on the back end to really improve the situation because it was similar 
to Redonda's case where the Pixis was not, it was being overridden. Things were not being done. They were not streamlined streamlined well. They're, they were having issues with their EMR. So it's interesting to me, like case to case, like this is almost an exact case, right? Um, well, do you even remember when um, Dennis Quaid's newborns were given the heparin overdose oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. and everything generally and yeah it's like that was way back in like the early 2000s like mm-hmm. mid 2000s okay. it's like these things again happen all the time but it was like there was literally problems with like okay how are we labeling the vials that you're mixing up the heparin dose the adult dose versus the like neonatal or pediatric dose there's so many yeah systematic changes that get you there and i think again like with losing your license okay what difference does it make like if you accidentally gave the wrong dose of a certain med and it's not gonna like oh i gave the wrong dose of your laxative you just pooped extra hard right is and then i accidentally gave the wrong med that resulted in a death the mechanism of error was still the same right you know what i'm saying it's just you kind of got lucky that it so happened to be not a fatal medication or fatal dose versus but the error is still an error so it's kind of hard like where do we get in this slippery slope of saying your error was worse because you just got unlucky and it was a medication that could result in death versus one that's just going to make you shit your brains out you know what i'm saying though (laughs) like you could have accidentally given if she would have accidentally given miralax instead like i'm just making this up right but you know what i mean it wouldn't result in death okay yeah and a lot of us have probably had a medication error where we're like oh my god thank god it was only this and it wasn't a big deal and there was no harm done right i've done reports in the hospital where it was like this error happened and then i literally get to click no harm done and i'm like thank god unfortunately there was so it's like now you have to go through and what who's like the person that gets to play god and categorize like well this one had egregious harm and this one didn't and this one had like blah 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 at the end of the day an accident's an accident Mm -hmm. and again there's not that intent so it's like yeah if it was me and i accidentally caused a patient death i probably wouldn't even want to work in nursing anyways Yeah, like i would just feel like i want out of this something else that i think is really interesting sort of along that bloodline is the importance of updating safety measures Mm -hmm. so what i mean by that is why is it that we have brand name versus generic name when you look at the root of this whole issue money it well okay so the issue is is that she pulled out versed but the brand name is that's the brand name right versed midazolam is the generic Mm -hmm. name so what she put in was ve thinking you know which is a very common thing we all do it we all go to the pixis and we type in in I'm our head out of van right instead of instead yeah. of so to me i think that this is a huge safety measure that we need to be updating like if there's nothing else we're learning from this it's the importance of you know when we're pulling out medications brand name versus generic name, I think that's a huge issue. Mm -hmm. And I think all of us, all of us can attest to that. When we're pulling out our meds, we've all gone to the Pixis and tried to pull out something like that. No, and then it's just... And you know, you hear like, you know, what you're typing in in the Pixis is the generic name but like that's not what we use on the daily like everyone the uses the brand name. allowed to override something right in itself so it's like okay you're putting these safety measures in place you have to type it in the pixels do this but if you can press override anyways right what good is the whole system right so it's like i just there's so many ways for improvement on top of that how staffing 
How's the ratio? How mm-hmm. tired and overworked? We're working long 12 hour shifts. We're allowed to do it. Like the system is, I so know good. that patient safety, when you're doing like a stretch of five Exhausting. shifts, six shifts in a row, I'm not, I have no idea how many she worked. I'm not talking about her, but I'm just talking about the culture of nursing in general. We run on empty. Yeah, we do. On the norm. It's you're working multiple shifts or you're working overnights. You're short staffed. You're not getting your breaks. Mm-hmm. You have patient acuity through the roof. And errors happen. Absolutely. I mean, I just got off of, you know, five shifts in the past six days and I'm, I'm exhausted, you know, and it's funny because Sam and I were just talking about this. I, I've given Ativan, I've given, um, I didn't give Versed, I've given all, uh, Phenobarb in the past uh-huh. week. And it's crazy to me because I definitely checked myself and that's another takeaway. Now I, we're all going to be checking our meds. Yeah. Make sure you check your meds. The other thing I want to say about this too is charting and something that's really interesting. Um, Liz brought this to my attention in a video that she did. She did sort of a recap of like what happened. And right after the event happened, um, this is per, I think the CMS report, rather than doing her charting, her management pulled her off of the unit to go do whatever it is with them. And because she didn't do the charting, which by the way, Redonda wanted to do, she said, I need to chart. The manager's response to that was, well, you pulled it out of the Pexis, so we know what time you pulled it out. And because of that, a series of events happened where the case was not reported correctly. It is insane to me how important charting is. Mm -hmm. And I just really want to say this to you guys because... Well, look, this was in 2017. Yes. And now it's 2022. Right. I like you only know what you charted. Absolutely. And I was down the road. I will say this too. I have had a personal situation with a patient where I felt like I could tell by the way it was going that the parents were potentially going to be going towards a lawsuit. And on one of the shifts that I was on, I felt like this situation was going to happen. So not only did I spend so much extra time charting, I took pictures of my notes. I took down times of things that happened when I notified the doctor of certain things, what happened with the procedures. I took my own notes as well and I took pictures of them and I have it saved to this day because I- Declassified patient information. You can totally make sure that that is- Absolutely. By not including any of the things just to put that out there. Yeah, and I do like that. Yes, good good point. Well, I'm just saying before anyone comes for her- there's completely a way that you can make sure that yes. you are protect not, yourself. Yeah. That you're not taking home any PHI, which right. is protected health information. So you're not yeah. taking home. But times of yeah. when you did things, who you notified, um, you know, when you gave the medication, mm-hmm. all things that you can definitely keep track of. And yes. for me personally, that was just a moment where I was like, oh my gosh. This is a situation where I, this I could be in that kind of situation. So any of us, any of us could find ourselves absolutely, in that situation. absolutely. So um, I think the importance of charting, always checking our meds, and then um, and I think just like for me, a really big t- takeaway is hospitals will always roll you over, and I hate you know. Listen, it's, you are a number. You are replaceable. They will put a new grad in there making half of which they're in it for them and you know what's sad about this case is it it wasn't necessarily Vanderbilt coming after her right it Mm -hmm. is the state 
Which is, but Vanderbilt's going to throw her under the bus to be there, take the fall for that. Absolutely. She has become the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is basically dragging her through the mud to make her look as bad as possible in order to save their own ass because they failed in a lot of ways. They did not, they did not report it well. They paid off the family. They did not, there's a lot of different things that were going. They had issues with their Pixis. They had issues with their EMR. Mm-hmm. On top of that, for everyone who's saying she left her patient, which, so she gave the medication and this was in, um, I want to say, I don't know where she was specifically, but she had to go somewhere else because she was being called to the ER. And so, to me, I'm like, why are we not paying attention to the fact that she was stretched so thin? Mm-hmm. The fact that she even had to have the idea of, well, I, I have to give this to this patient. They need this done, but I've, I've got to go do this. I mean, she was busy. And, you know, at the core of this, it's everyone is so overworked. And under-supported. Under-supported. And I'm just really, I'm really concerned for how this paints the landscape for us. Yeah. I, re- I really, I do. Instead of this, we should be talking about why are there not like federal mandated nurse to patient ratios? Yeah. How come that breaks are not federally mandated to make sure healthcare workers, why are we not looking at capping hours that we can work when we do that for physicians and truck drivers and other professions? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and so I just think it's it's already sad because I know a lot there's a lot of rhetoric going around about nurses who are already dropping out of school. People will definitely question going into nursing. This is just something where I think the outcome of it I really hope for the best and um I just I know as a nurse as a practicing nurse I feel for Redonda. It is so easy to these medication errors and I know everyone says well she gave it she should have looked yes 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 we all agree with that but there's so many systematic issues that have gone on especially in this particular case I just really hope for her you know I know according to what's going on in the courtroom nurse Erica has reported that she's just very emotional and I I, I would be completely her life is ruined distraught over this and I've made mistakes I've always reported them and Fortunately, they've never resulted yeah, in anything. We've all made too mistakes. Harmful, I've made mistakes. Yeah. I can't imagine. And it's like, it's stressful enough to be in this job. And then mm-hmm. it's like. <sighs> so, one of the questions um, that was yeah. brought up, and I know this is something that everyone's talking about as well, is should we all have malpractice insurance? Um, so, what I think is, I, we, I don't know the true answer to this. And so, um, we are on a mission to find someone, hopefully, that can speak to this a little bit better. Um, I'm looking for a very kind of specific kind of person um, who's has a, has a pretty bird's eye view on the pros and cons. Um, I do know a lot of people do carry uh, a policy. And I, I think I kind of err on the idea of probably, yes, carrying a policy, but I want to know why. And I really want to understand that. So we are in the process of trying to find something for you guys, because I think this does raise a lot of questions of like legality and like what happens if this happens. And I do think it's a really good thing to just kind of know. Obviously, at the base of nursing, you guys, we get back to our five rights of medication administration. What is and there, the importance like six of it. or seven now? Yeah, it's crazy. There's so many. Wow. Um, and so obviously, that's a base of it. And at the very bottom line all of us are going to be checking our meds much more closely and making sure that you know we're doing our due diligence but I do think it is good food for thought just to kind of have I mean really 
<laughs> cover your ass. Cover your ass. Because no one's going to back you up at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in terms of if you guys are um, invested in this, obviously follow Nurse Erica. I think Nurse Liz is doing a great job, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm writing a letter and I am sending it to her lawyer um, in in support of this. Sort of along the lines of just, I just think this would be detrimental for nursing profession. Also for healthcare. Yeah. Because if this happens to her, who's to say that couldn't happen to a doctor who does a wrong site surgery or does this or causes a death? You know, the, there's this is like very interesting for us in the healthcare field. So if you guys are interested, we are going to also link that in the show notes. I have his address there linked for you guys. Um, and again, at the end of the day, intent matters. Right. When there's truly an accident, it's tragic. And I think even compensation and civil suits are appropriate. But if if a nurse knowingly went in and was like, I'm going to give this wrong med and mm-hmm. had ill intention, that's criminal. Mm-hmm. An accident, though, is not criminal. It's just that, a tragic accident. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something we'll be watching. Yeah. I don't know how long this is going to go on. I think I'm interested to see. I'm definitely invested in this. I know a lot of us are because it's very relevant to what we do on the daily. And um, I'll keep reposting. And uh, thanks for listening, you guys. We hope you have a safe weekend. Um, and we love you and make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at C E L L F I E underscore podcast. Check out the link in our bio for all the goodies there for you. And please download, subscribe, rate and review. If you leave us a review, just drop your Instagram handle in it. We'll reach out to you and make sure we send you out a goodie bag full of all of our stuff. Absolutely. And make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at nurse Tori and at Hey Samantha with two A's and we will see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Also next week, spicy. Stay tuned. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20.